When you need mealtime inspiration, it's worth Shopping Kroger, where you'll find over 30,000 mouth-watering choices that excite your inner foodie. And no matter what tasty choice you make, you'll enjoy our everyday low prices, plus extra ways to save, like digital coupons worth over $600 each week. You can also save up to $1 off per gallon at the pump with fuel points. More savings and more inspiring flavors make Shopping Kroger worth it every time. Kroger, fresh for everyone. Fuel restrictions apply. Another day is here, and you're ready for it. What to wear? Check. Breakfast, lunch, and dinner? Check. Planning for what's next and how to save for it? That's where Bank of America can help. For your financial to-dos, Bank of America has experts ready to help get you closer to your goals. Get started at one of our local financial centers or 24-7 in our mobile banking app. Find a location near you at bankofamerica.com slash talk to us. What would you like the power to do? Mobile banking requires downloading the app and is only available for select devices. Message and data rates may apply. Bank of America and a member FDIC. Hello and welcome in to the CHGO Blackhawks podcast presented by DraftKings Sportsbook, America's top-rated sportsbook. Download the app and use promo code CHGO when you sign up and they will take care of you. We're shorthanded again. We're back on the PK and apparently something flew in the Mario's eye right as we went on the air. You're, you're right there? Yeah, you ever okay. do that thing where you like blink weird and then your eye like your eyelid like flips? Well, this is a hockey podcast. You're just going to have to play hurt. Yeah. We'll be I'm, all right. I'm, I'm, I'm day to day. You're, you're a hockey reporter. You got an upper body injury. You're, you're, you'll be all right. Uh, it's Greg Boyson, the uh, one eyed pirate Mario <laughs> Turbosi to, yeah, to my left. Oof. Jay Sawaski yeah. is enjoying one last day on his extended All Star break weekend. While all the NHL players went somewhere warm for All Star break, he went somewhere cold. Yeah, he's not uh, he's not out on the cliffs doing yoga with Luke Richardson. Yeah, no. we learned that today. <laughs> we learned a lot of things today. We had a we sure did interesting day. Uh, I actually had to write it all down on a notepad, old school, because this brain don't work like it used to. That's impressive. We were scrambling because uh, we had we had our practice normal practice, and then. Media talked to some players, got some interesting comments from mm-hmm. Patrick Kane. We're going to get to here in a minute. Mm-hmm. Then we had Luke Richardson, very brief Luke Richardson press conference today. Uh, talked about standing out on the cliffs, um, warrior the pose, Caribbean, and, oh, and the Caribbean. <laughs> it learned that's where he figured out tomorrow's lines. Yeah, uh, but <laughs> it came to him in a vision. The biggest. <laughs> News to come out of the practice portion. We're going to go in chronological order here. It's the best way to do it. Yeah. So practice, no Jonathan Taves for the second straight day with another non-COVID illness. Uh, he's not playing tomorrow, pretty much. Uh, that's what Luke Richardson Unlikely said. Unlikely to play. Yep. said with no practice. He hasn't skated in probably 10 days. Probably yeah. not a good idea to throw him out there. Uh, they'll have a couple of days of practice after tomorrow night's game against the Ducks. So those of you worried about the tankathon, uh, no Jonathan Taves against the Ducks tomorrow. Mm-hmm. So um, Ducks will be on the second night of back-to-back games, though. So that'll true. be interesting. They're playing tonight caveat. in Dallas. But that actually might be a good thing. What would you rather be, second night of back-to-back or your first game in 10 days? I'd rather be on the second night of back-to-back. After having basically a yeah. week off, yeah. It wouldn't be so bad. That first period could be... Uh, 
First period Weird. over? <laughs> well, maybe maybe do the first period Third over. Third period. Might, that could be one of those things where the Ducks have a 4 nothing lead after the first period and we go to overtime 5-5. Five, five. Sure. Why because not? Because they get tired <laughs> and the Hawks catch their legs in the third period. Yeah. And then you get a reverse. So, um yeah, anything would, could happen. But so, yeah, Richardson tried his hand at the uh, the bad shrimp joke, and it came yeah. off as uh, what did he say? Something like not good seafood or something. <laughs> like that. It wasn't. It wasn't it, quite. It was lost executed. In translation. Yeah, it wasn't quite executed like Derek King, but uh, but it was good. It was it was a good effort from Richardson. But yeah, t- no taves tomorrow. Yeah, so no taves. Tyler Johnson is going to play. So apparently his ankle is good. Uh, Jared Tenorti was on the ice. He's probably not going to be back until Friday night's game. They want to give him some more practice time before they put him out there. So don't expect Tenorti tomorrow, but do expect him uh, Friday against the Coyotes or at the very least Saturday in Winnipeg. Uh, The other injury news for the second straight day, at least that we were able to see, Alex Stalock uh, worked out on his own in full gear. So for him to be able to do that two days in a row, that's very encouraging. Jujar was also out there skating. Jujar skated a little bit on his own, too, away from practice on the other rinks, but that's a good sign, too. Luke Richardson told us yesterday that he was close to starting to skate again. So, you know, they're looking like they're going to get healthy. Uh, it's going to be some roster spots opening up here, potentially. And yeah. that's a good segue into uh, after practice yep. when uh, we all talked to the man of the hour, Patrick Kane, and, of course, Asked about his future, and he gave us some some interesting comments, maybe a little more candid than what we've been used to. Before, yeah. he's kind of brushed off those comments of like, you know, hey, uh, when the time comes, we'll make the decision when the time. Well, time's time pretty much here, coming. dude. <laughs> you got so, three weeks. Uh, we were able, Mario was able to videotape that, and we're going to play it for you now so you hear it right out of the words, right out of the mouth of Patrick Kane. What are these next things going to be like for you? Just to see what happens yeah. and everything? Yeah, just, um, you know, try to uh, go about my business playing hockey. But, I mean, um, you know, definitely have some internal talks with, uh, with my agent. And uh, I'm sure at some point probably, you know, catch up with uh, Kyle or whoever here and uh, see how it goes. Is your uh, agent say what teams uh, you Um. Yeah, I mean, he's told me, you know, a few that's kind of reached out to him. Um, so, um, yeah, we'll probably talk about that possibly too, if, uh, if that's an option of um, getting traded and, uh, um, you know, obviously figure out a team. Uh, could uh, could be the best fit, but um, yeah, we're not really at that point yet either. There have been some reports of teams worried about your, your nagging injury. Uh, do you kind of are, do you feel like you you still can bring everything that you normally would be able to the rest of the season? It's not really something that uh, um, you know I'm thinking about or worried about. I think uh, when I get on the ice, I, um, you know, it's not like uh, you're thinking about anything else except you know playing as well as you can, so um, uh, I guess it's not really something for me to worry about, just um, you know, go about it the best I can. What makes a, a team the optimal team for you? Like, what set of circumstances are you looking for? I don't know. Um, yeah, I'm not sure. I mean, it's uh, tough to decide if we're, if we're getting to that point yet, so... Uh, 
you know, I think there's definitely uh, opportunities out there that are intriguing and, and could be exciting. So, um, yeah, and see. Are you surprised you're still undecided, or, or is, do you uh, think this is going to be a really good No, well, I think we talked about it in the summer with Pat, just uh, probably taking it up to the deadline and making the decision. You've had a lot of ex-teammates who have gone through this, be it yeah. trade talk or even have been moving and everything. Have you talked to them about how to deal with those emotions and, and everything over the, the few, um, few weeks? Not so much. I mean, I talked to Dunks a little bit, uh, and he said, uh, you know, he was happy he got to experience, uh, you know, being in a different organization and uh, playing closer to home, and he said he really enjoyed his time. All right, there you go. Patrick Kane, of course. Uh, pretty much every question was either about, hey, can I throw us a bone here? Yeah, right. Yeah. <laughs> and, you know, and about his, the, the reports about his, his broken down, battered body. Yeah, that, his injuries. Exaggerated being, or not, I don't know. His injuries being potentially more serious than, than they actually are. Yeah, a lot of di- lot to kind of dissect out of that. And um, this is, like you said, uh, this is a little bit more than we've heard heard him say, a little bit more detailed about, kind of the process that he's been going through uh, with, you know, these discussions and whatnot. And um, I, th- I think the biggest thing that, that comes out of this is that while we've all been waiting about on these potential discussions that Jonathan Taze and Patrick Kane are supposed to have with Kyle Davidson um, and, and their, their agent, Pat Brisson, it really seems like Kane has kind of let Brisson take the reins of like, hey, you know, see some, see what the feelers are because him and Taze can't go to Kyle Davidson uh, after the March 2nd game and say, you know what, maybe this was our last game. We'd like to be traded and, and have 12 hours to do it. They can't do that. And, you know, they, they, there has to be already, they, they also can't waive their no movement clauses, say we're going to waive them for a trade and then have have nothing on the table yeah. like that like like there is going to be when when this if this comes about where Kane and Taze say we want to be traded it's going to move quickly yeah i think we're getting a little insight here's how i envision these things going after what kane said and it, it doesn't really deviate much from how i thought i don't think you know these meetings with kane and Taze, Sounds like Patrick Kane, and I'm going to assume Jonathan Taves is the same way. They're letting their agent be their agent. That's mm-hmm. his job. They're letting Pat Persone do his job. He's going to go out there. He's going to put in some groundwork. He's calling teams. He's getting the interest. And then he's going to come back to Kane and Taves and say, these are the teams that want you. Yeah. And then they'll say, and you know he's talking to Kyle Davidson too. He's getting the gauge there too. So it sounds like he's being the conduit between player and general manager at this point mm-hmm. as opposed and and then so they can just focus on playing hockey this right. is this is what an agent's job is it's not just negotiating a contract it's facilitating trades making sure your player is happy at all times mm-hmm. um and you have to you have to see what other what other teams are, are going to offer yeah, what can, what other situations there's going to be because patrick kane's not going to say like oh i just trade me anywhere trade me anywhere right and I also don't get the sense that he's going to say, I only want to go here. Right. It sounds like from, from, from what's going on is, is that he'll probably get a gauge of, of, infor- of situations from different teams that are in contention, um, what might be best for him, and then 
maybe at that point, then it gets open to Davidson and the team to be like, I, I like these situations. Yes. Now can you, want, now you can figure out which is the right. best for the I, team. I, I know that the Avs, the Stars, and the Hurricanes are interested in me. Get the best deal you can from yeah. one of those three teams and only those three teams. Then he's not just going to say, I want to get traded here, and then Kyle's going to go to him with every offer, and he can say no, yes, right. no, yes. Right. He's going to get an idea who wants him, and then he'll say, I'm waiving my trade clause for one of these X number of teams. Yeah. And then Kyle can pick up the phone and work those two, three teams, yeah. hopefully, Shop against deals. each other and yeah. see what's up. He's, when he says wait to the deadline, you know, I, I don't think he's waking up March 3rd saying, yeah, okay, go ahead and get that trade for me. Yeah. I would hope there's an internal team deadline. I would like, like that to be hey, the case, yeah. By February 14th, can you tell me? Like, so I, I think there's a lot more going on behind the scenes than we're, we're aware of. Yeah. And I think, you know, it, it, it's, not, it's a little unusual that there aren't any leaks, you know, to, to some of our – but that could be a sign of, hey, it's a happy front office. Sure, like, yeah. Guys aren't going to go out and text Elliot Friedman if they're like their boss. Right. Or if, yeah. if they're in a really to good situation. To be peace back to them, yeah. Yeah, they, mm -hmm. you know, when, when you're working for he who shall not be named and it's miserable and the writing's on the wall, it's all coming crashing down, you're going to make as many phone calls as you can. Yeah. There you're going to be the, you're going to be the source. There's more of an opportunity for some, uh, some, some leaks in the boat. So, so, and the most interesting thing to pop out of that, out of those comments from Kane, um, is the fact that he said, yeah, there are some intriguing offers. Like, there are yeah. some intriguing situations or mm -hmm. some opportunities. I forget exactly the words he said. but So he's heard a couple of teams and, and said, yeah, okay. So to me, for the first time, this is him saying, I'm kind of, you know, I know what's out there now. Yeah. And I'm kind of okay with a couple of these situations. So maybe I have my first foot out the door. It's 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 – doing the diligence of trying to gauge his current situation in Chicago, what, you know, what he has, what he, what he could do in the future here against what he could do in a short and or long-term uh, situation elsewhere. Um, I, I don't think he was just going to say, Oh, blindly. Yes. Trade me somewhere. It's, it's, it's going to come down to a, a, a this or that kind of situation. And, um, I think we, I think with, for, for me, the takeaway is, uh, one of them at least, is his, in his discussions with Duncan Keith, we, we heard Jonathan Taze speak about that he's, he's talked with Keith about, you know, the idea of, of leaving Chicago, leaving that legacy behind and going to a different team to, to, to contend again. Um, and I don't think we really got a lot out of that other that he did have that discussion. But with Kane, you know, it sounded like he had a discussion with, with, with Duncan Keith and, and took away the excitement that there was to be in a new environment and to be on a team that was competing. Um, he also said, uh, you know, what it was like playing closer to home. To me, I, and I wonder how much the quote-unquote closer to home idea is out there because New York, Buffalo, those are quote unquote yeah. closer to home for Kane. 
So like 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 now. where where Keith, you know, his family was right. in British Columbia, Edmonton being closer, but Kane has built his family here. Yeah, Chicago is home for Patrick. Yeah, so I'm 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 interested if if that because it's a different situation for Kane to Keith. Um, I'm in, I, I really would like to have been a, a fly on the wall for that phone conversation, but um, obviously I am not. But I think with uh, I think with Kane the injury issues and and he was asked about that by uh by ben pope the potential for his injury nagging injury his knee injury that he had this season whatever it is how that's hindering him kane said i don't think about it i don't i'm not concerned about it when i'm on the ice i just play up to my up to my abilities um in in today's uh 32 thoughts podcast with elliot friedman and jeff merrick elliot friedman uh, spoke about he, that he talked to some players over the uh, NHL All-Star break, um, players that had recently played against Patrick Kane, and kind of how the consensus around the league from players and previously he said from general managers is the idea is that people know Patrick Kane is hurt. People know Patrick Kane is not Patrick Kane right now and that he's players are saying that they commend him for playing through whatever's bothering him to give the Blackhawks an opportunity to trade him, but they know that he is not anywhere near uh, the level that that he he could be when he is healthy. So my uh, concern, and and we were kind of talking about it um, before the show. My concern is that the consensus around the league, the information around the league, and the way that teams outside of Chicago are viewing Patrick Kane as a, as a trade commodity is diminishing. And my certainty that, you know, not if, but when he'll be traded or he'll want to be traded kind of starting to come down. And it's not because of what Kane's saying. I think it's starting to come down because of what the league is perceiving. I think there, there may be a scenario in which, the, the offers for Kane are not going to be anywhere near where we thought they might be. I think it might be team, obviously, like you always say, there are teams that will be desperate and do something dumb to get a Patrick Kane just to say they got Patrick Kane. Um, but I, I, I do wonder if the list of teams that are really, really interested in going gung-ho to get Patrick Kane start to diminish a little bit because the more he plays... And the more he plays as the trade deadline comes up and the more he looks slowed down or looks like he's playing through something, the less it becomes intriguing to bring in a guy like that. Yeah, it's it's true. And, you know, some guys are saying, hey, yeah, it's noticeable he's hurt. Okay, there's some truth to that. But how he was dealing with his nagging injury last year and put up 92 points playing with Dylan Strom and Alex Dabrinkit. Mm-hmm. This year he's playing with Jason Dickinson and Andreas Anthony C. <laughs> how much does that yeah. have to do with that, and how much does the injury have to do with that? So you're saying Dylan Strom should have been signed to a 5-by-5 five five with Chicago? Absolutely. Boom down <laughs> for it. And I'll, yeah. yeah, No, so there's a lot of factors, and it could be a lot of you know posturing and strutting and, and trying to lower that trade value down. Teams that want to get Patrick Kane are now going to start putting those concerns out there to lower the value. Sure. I have, don't have very high expectations for a return. I, I think that's the safe way to go for all of us. Like, don't expect, you know, a massive haul. Uh, listen, Blackhawks probably, almost certainly, 
will end up getting more for Brandon Hagel than they get for Patrick Kane. Yeah. Be, get just used to that. Yeah. That the Brandon Hag- Hagel trade will bring in you more than Patrick Kane will. That's <laughs> if you go in if you go in the trade deadline day with that assumption, you can't be disappointed or angry. Oh, you could be angry. Well, you could. You'd be angry. You'd be disappointed and angry. But you know. <laughs> but, but yeah, if there's, you think there's he's going to bring that. in two first round picks and a top prospect, that's not going to happen. No, uh, we 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 talked about the Bo. Bo God, I still can't say his name. Bo Horvat. We talked about that trade and how that kind of seemed like underwhelming. And he was the top of the list of guys available. Well, that's Patrick more, Kane's I, not gonna. Patrick Kane's not gonna out. I, I think asset that was more the, that trade. more on the end of the the Canucks botching yeah, that one. It's true. looking really that's good for the factor. Islanders now. It's also a factor. Yeah. Looking really good for the Islanders that you gave up very little to get eight years of Bo, eight mm-hmm. and a half years of Bo Horvat. Uh, looking real good now. That's true. Uh, p- quick, we got some stuff in the chat. We might as well get into where on this topic. <laughs> First of all, uh, can you ban that pervert looking to see feet? Uh, just get him out of here. Oh, he's gone. He's yeah. never coming back on yeah. this show. He knows it's got to be at least a $10 super chat. You know, I'm not giving away these bad boys for free. Um, let's see here. We yeah. have one question. Uh, Nate E., I wonder if one of the options would be stay, stay, get the surgery, sign a one-year deal. That's that. a nightmare scenario. Uh, if that's the option, nightmare get the surgery. Nightmare for us. Yeah. <laughs> get the surgery now. Be done right. with it. Right, and then we can put away. I don't want Patrick Kane. Like if Patrick Kane comes back, doesn't get traded, resigns with the team. I I hope it's for more than one year because I don't want to do this again next yes, season. Yes, I, I agree. Don't. The, I am tired of it. I'm sure most people are tired yeah, of it. Yeah. The the sh- the shut it down, get a surgery, sign a one year deal is that is that has got to be plan like X or something like that because. Uh, it's 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 got to be. I'm 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 the same way. I don't want to go through this again. I'm sure he doesn't want to go through this again. Fans don't want to go through this again. I think when it comes to Kane's future, if he's not traded at the deadline, this summer will have to either end with him leaving the organization. Thank you for your for your time and your memories and your legacy. Your your statue is is being commissioned, or he's coming back. And it's to retire as a Blackhawk. Right. It's going to be a four or five year deal or whatever it is. And it's Patrick Kane will always be a Blackhawk. He will finish his career in Chicago, and that'll be the deal. It can't be anywhere in between there. No. I I, I don't think that that's going to work. Or you cement your legacy here. Right. That should be it. Black and white. Um, that scenario just it, it's going to keep me up at night because I don't want to go through this another year. Yeah. Uh, I'm sure Patrick Kane doesn't want to go through this another year. No. Or the Hawks. Nobody ha- having, does. Having us and and Phil Thompson and Ben Pope and Mark Lazarus ask you the same questions for another calendar year, I'm sure is not uh, not not worth it to him. Uh, but, yeah. McLovin asks, uh, what, what's the future look like if both Kane and Taves don't decide to trade in time and walk this summer? It's mm. not great, but I don't think it ruins the rebuild. You still have doesn't help. It doesn't help it. It's not ideal. You obviously want to get something for either one of those guys, uh, but it doesn't. It, it's not a complete other disaster. You still have four first round picks these next two years. Mm-hmm. So you know, hey, 
if, if that happens and you get number one overall, it definitely stings a lot less. Yeah, yeah. Connor Bedard is is definitely going to uh, make the futures of of Taze and Kane. Um, not that they're not important, but it'll make the the heaviness of what they do uh, a little less important this summer if they don't uh, if they don't get traded. Um, you know, I I feel like the the chance that they don't get both don't get traded and both walk away, I think is is low. I think if they if if neither of them get traded, I think one one of them comes back on, on some sort of deal in the summer. Yeah. And my, I think it might be Patrick Kane. My my thought I agree that if one of them comes back, it's Kane. I think if, if Taves plays out this season, doesn't ask to be traded, uh, he might be the guy that calls it a career and says, eh, hey. you know, I, 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 I don't think that he's, when he says I've not considered any, any, any type of retirement plans or anything like that, I, I actually believe him. Okay. I think, I think he, even if it's just maybe one more year before retirement, I, I don't believe that he's going to be done after this year. Well, we should see. We've got three plus weeks yeah, left the, of this. And, you know, as we've been saying. Absolutely. Uh, and and we'll, we'll tie this in. Uh, we got to talk to uh, Danny Wirtz. Jamie Faulkner had a nice little uh, uh, meeting with, with the media core. Uh, they served us some, some lunch. They know how to butter us up. Uh, <laughs> and, of course, this was talked about in that. But I think before we uh, yeah. get into that discussion, we'll tell us, speaking about lunch and lunch meat, yeah, that's called a segue right there. <laughs> there you uh, go. Mario's gonna tell us where and how you can get the best meat you've ever had. Yeah, I no disrespect to the Blackhawks, but uh, I question if they make their lunch meat sandwiches with Green Ridge Farm because it didn't taste like Green Ridge not. Farm meats uh, it was, to me. It was a step below Green Ridge Farm. Yes, still good. Appreciate it. Appreciate oh, it. it. Thank very you. Very good. Uh, but could have been better. Could have been better with some Green Ridge Farm meats. Green Ridge Farm is a local Chicago meat and cheese company offering better, more all-natural options. They are makers of the all-natural deli meat, sausages, and their famous meat sticks, which are perfect for tailgating, happy hours, school lunches. Uh, anytime that you would want to snack on some meat, Green Ridge Farm has got you covered. Their all-natural meat sticks are hardwood smoked for eight hours. They're packed with eight, 16 grams of protein per stick which make them perfect for a post-workout snack. I'll have to try that sometime. Their meat sticks come in uh, flavors like chicken, black forest beef, uh, and jalapeno cheddar, uh, spicy chili. If you haven't tried them, you don't know what you're missing out. Green Ridge Farm is some delicious stuff because they are made from recipes generations in the making and being all-natural they deliver a fresh, flavorful alternative at snack time. You can always find them in the refrigerated section of your local Costco or Sam's Club or other local Chicagoland grocery stores like the Jewels. Uh, they will be there. Right now, if you order any three meat products at GreenRidgeFarm.com and include a pack of meat sticks in your cart, those meat sticks are going to be free when you use the promo code CHGO at checkout. Again, that's when you order any three meat products at greenridgefarm.com. Put some meat sticks in your cart, use the promo code CHGO, and you will be walking away with those meat sticks for free. 
Again, that's from our friends at Green Ridge Farm. Are you ready for the biggest Sunday in sports? Yes, I am. All right. I told you about my yeah. Sunday plans. They're going to be packed with sports and, and Galentine's celebrations. And children and, and stuff and things. Yeah. It's, <laughs> well, DraftKings Sportsbook, an official sports betting partner of Super Bowl 57, has all the Super Bowl action you need. New customers can bet just $5 and get 200 in bonus bets instantly. Sign up. Put $5, bet it on the Super Bowl, and you're going to get $200 in bonus bets right away, right in your account, so you can like buy up all the squares you want on DraftKings. Plus, all customers can get in on the Super Bowl 57 excitement with DraftKings Happy Hour Super Boosts. Woo. What's better than a boost? A super, super boost. boost on Super Bowl Sunday. See what they did there? Mm-hmm. Check the DraftKings Sportsback ev- Sportsbook app every day between... 5 p.m. to 8 p.m. Central, and see what prop bet has been boosted. Lots of fun stuff for this Super Bowl. I'm looking forward to it. Uh, you know, the, the the offenses, they know how to score. you got two exciting quarterbacks. Mm-hmm. Uh, maybe a look into the future for sh- as Bears fans. Like, hmm, what, what could, could be? be if we just what get this be? thing right? Put some talent around Justin Fields. Uh, my fun thing that I think I'm going to – uh, use some of my uh, DraftKings money on is they have squares. Mm-hmm. Instead of just picking a random square and then getting your numbers and teams randomly and getting stuck with eight and two and just basically thanks for the donation, you could pick your specific squares. You could pick Eagles seven, Chiefs three. You could pick zero zero three three. Whatever you want, they've got every single combination available. Obviously, the odds fluctuate based on what you, what you have, but you could pick your own specific squares for the Super Bowl and bet on them. That's a lot that of fun. I think is a lot of fun. I think I'm going to do that. I may wait. I'm in a couple of uh, square pools in, in different uh, you know different groups. I think I might wait till I get those squares and then bet those squares <laughs> too. There you go. Double on up. DraftKings yeah. and be like, hey, let's go crazy. Yeah. Uh, so it's going to be a lot of fun. So download the DraftKings Sportsbook app and use the promo code CHGO. New customers can bet $5 on Super Bowl 57 and get 200 in bonus bets instantly. Only at DraftKings Sportsbook with that code CHGO. Minimum age and eligibility restrictions apply. See show notes for details. That's our good friends over at DraftKings Mm -hmm. keeping all of our, making the Super Bowl even more fun. Yes. I will be checking out the coin toss prop, and uh, we'll see if they have the over-under on the national anthem. I believe the team that has lost the coin toss, or is it one? I have to look this up because it's kind of important. It's 50-50. The team that has won the coin toss has lost the last eight. Yeah, that's what it is. So, yeah, the team. That's interesting. There you go. Because on DraftKings, you could bet the team for, like, Chiefs win coin toss, Eagles win game. You can make that bet. Oh, boy. <laughs> That's interesting. Yeah. All right. You can bet anything. I'll have to be child. Probably could bet the color of the Gatorade. Uh, oh, yeah. You know. Well, it is Gatorade for them. It's not BioSteel. Right. We could still say Gatorade for our <laughs> friends in pro football. In the NFL. Yep. All right. Well, after practice, after Jonathan Taves, after learning about Luke Richardson out in the Caribbean during the uh, the All-Star break, we got to sit down with Danny Faulkner, or Danny Wirtz and Jamie Faulkner. Uh, Jamie Faulkner. 
And uh, they, they, of course, they gave us a nice little presentation. They gave us some general statements. Uh, Danny Worth says he's very happy with Luke Richardson and the, and, mm-hmm. the, and the structure and the culture he's starting to build. It's exactly what they wanted from him. Yep. He says on nights when everything goes right, you see what it's supposed to look like. You know, and you know, he, he credits the team for being competitive. They try hard most nights. He's mm-hmm. not wrong there. We've said that numerous times yeah. on post-game shows. Um, one interesting thing that he added was he was very happy with, um, you know, the, the, the new communication with Rockford and Chicago mm-hmm. going forward, credits, Anders Sorensen and all that stuff. So that's going to be really important over these next few years. Yeah. Co- cohesiveness in the development plan between Rockford and Chicago is, is, is really important. And it's, you know, the, the, the Blackhawks now own the Ice Hogs. They've put money into uh, the, 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 the team, dollars, I believe, 20, yeah. yeah, $23 million project, um, yeah, financial commitment into, uh, the team upgrading their facilities, upgrade, you know, upgrading the, uh, you know, the, the, the staff amenities for, for Rockford and, um, being able to make sure it's a, it's a top notch, uh, AHL organization so that, you know, when, when players come through the system, they're, they're coming through you know, with the, the best opportunity to have the best amenities uh, to, to go along with their developmental process. So, yeah, that, that's, that's great to see, great to hear um, that they've, you know, they're, they're happy with where things are at right now and um, things are going to continue to improve down there in Rockford. And, you know, they, they said, you know, we're, we're excited for that playoff run coming. And I, I knocked the table. I said, yeah, I hope so too. Hey, three <laughs> in a row. We'll they see. swept the Iowa Wild this weekend. So That's true. Three in a That's row. True. Yeah, things. Stay th- tuned for the rebuild report to get all the details later this week. <laughs> yeah, um, um, and and a, hey, you know, good good showing at the AHL All Star break. David Gust won the accuracy competition, yeah. so that was fun. Uh, AHL All Star game tonight. Tonight yeah. on various networks. Uh, McLovin is asking about David Gust, and when we bring him to the big show, well, he has to sign an NHL contract first. He's on an AHL only deal. I um, would think he'll get one. I think they will get one late. He'll get one late in the season. Come up for a game or two at the end of the year. Why not? I think he'll get one. Why the heck not? They got the money to spend. Uh, But of course, Patrick Kane, Jonathan Taves. That was once they opened the floor up to questions. That was the first thing. Big thing they were asked about about was, "Hey, so what's going on?" And Danny was like, "Well, we're not going to break any news to you. We don't have anything to report." More from a from a team organizational business perspective. Yeah. And the, he says they're in constant contact with Kyle, uh, Kyle Davidson, and they're in communication. The one cool thing that I did say that he did, Danny Wirtz mentioned, was that, hey, it's Kyle Davidson's decision. If he comes back and says this is the best thing for the organization because A, B, and C, he's going to get the blessing. Like, Danny Wirtz didn't give the impression that, hey, we're going to veto a Patrick Kane trade because that's just bad right. for the business side. Right. So I don't think anybody's going to be, uh, you know, taking away any uh, of his power in this sort of thing. Mm-hmm. Uh, and they did say that they have a contingency plan for every trade scenario, be it Patrick Kane all the way down to Ian Mitchell. Uh, no offense, Ian, but, you know. They, they've they got it all for the biggest trade or even the minor details. Small trades, they yeah. have contingency plans. They said, if we trade Patrick Kane or Jonathan Taves, we have to know how to communicate this to our, our season ticket holders, to our fans, 
to explain, you know, why we're doing this correctly, mm -hmm. to get it out there. They also say, hey, there's a chance that if we trade Patrick Kane, he could be coming back to play against us in our building within a matter of a couple of weeks, depending on where he goes. So we have to figure out how to honor them if that's a situation. So they've got all the scenarios mm -hmm. in place. They're, they're talking about it. So I, and, and that's what you want to hear out of your front office, that they have a plan. They're not going to get any curveballs thrown right. at them and look silly. Yeah, there, there was a lot of, uh, you know, thumbs up and, and praise for, for Luke Richardson and Kyle Davidson and the jobs that they've done. And look, like both of those guys were, were brought in to the positions and, and, and put in place because they, what they can do and what they want to do aligns with what I feel like the organization recognized that they needed to do. And so I, I don't think there's any, you know, budding of heads or anything like that. I, I don't think there's any kind of power struggle between, you know, hockey operations needs, wants to do X, Y, Z and, you know, the business operations doesn't, I, I think there's a lot of cohesiveness in the plan for the organization as a whole moving forward. And so I, I so yeah, I, I don't think there's going to be any, you know, getting in the way of any uh, of anything. I think decisions are going to be made, and and they have plans like you like you just laid out. They have plans of how to navigate all those different things, and you have to do that because this is a monumental, potentially monumental moment for the organization of potentially trading Patrick Kane and or Jonathan Taze, like two pillars of this organization the last two that are at the top of the echelon of of the modern era of the of, of the team um so it's 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 big and and they understand that they've planned for it which is good um but i think it was interesting to kind of you know hear them talk about you know the future okay how do we you know the the, the ready to work Right. Example that they said, like we didn't tie, they weren't tying anything to Jonathan Taze and Patrick Kane. They were tying it to the team. They were saying, you know, we are, we are moving forward as, as the, as the Blackhawks, as, as, as an, an organization moving forward. You know, they, they weren't saying like, Oh, everyone get on the back of Patrick Kane this season. Like it, it, it was more of a, of a, of a team focused approach. And, you know they're they're not going to solely, you know, pin the hopes of next season on Connor Bedard. They're 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 keeping their focus uh, on the team, the 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 team experience, the you know, um, the collective group moving forward, and and basically leaving it up to Kyle Davidson and Luke Richardson, kind of leading the way in how that team is going to look, how that team is going to play, uh, and and you know, putting the, putting a lot of the onus in, in, in their hands. And as far as ticket sales go, I was surprised to hear this, but things are better than they expected. I think we all, we all expected that there were going to be less people coming to the, to, to the United center to watch this team. Um, there were going to be less people watching it from home, uh, which we can talk to talk a little bit about too. Uh, but as far as, you know, um, the way that they laid it out, Ticket sales have been better than they expected. Single single game ticket sales were higher than they expected. It's at all time high. All time high in but single game ticket sales. I think a lot of that has to do with they've also got a tickets a available low in that it's the most single game tickets they've had available uh, yeah. in quite some time. So yeah, and 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 uh, what was the stat? Forty percent improvement in season ticket 
holder satisfaction. Yeah. Of getting uh, something something about that. Yeah. And, getting value out of your tickets, yeah. getting value out of your experience. Um, those those are up. Um, other information was season ticket renewals will be going out soon. Um, and they said that there are 84% of tickets will not see an increase. And some of those are actually some of those will see decrease. a decrease. Uh, but they said of the 16% that will see an increase, it is based off of the ticket demand that they're right. seeing, which makes sense for those tickets. Yeah, those more are people want to make high priority want tickets. tickets. Use charge more for them. Yeah, That's you just want basic economics. People want the front row of whatever section right. that they're in, so those will be a little bit higher. I would imagine those are all seats on our end of the ice that we sit at for the games. You know, where the Hawks shoot at twice. Yeah. Um, yeah, they said club level seating as yeah, well. It sounded you like know, mostly it's gonna a lot of it's gonna be in the club level. And let's face it, people sitting in the club level, they can afford to throw a couple extra bucks. Per Usually, night. Yeah. yeah, yeah. So yeah, they're listening to things, and, and the attendance uh, is, is is good for them. One thing I want to before I forget, uh, before we talk about kind of future things and, and things going on this season, uh, we, the, Danny Wirtz was asked about. Uh, tomorrow night being the first game uh, since the death of Bobby Hall. Yeah. And uh, Danny kind of answered the question. Uh, they are going to do a moment of silence for Bobby Hall before tonight, tomorrow night's puck drop and have a quick video montage where Danny pretty much said, we're going to honor the player Bobby Hall because mm-hmm. the player Bobby Hall was important to this franchise so which and he's 100 percent correct yes um so but it was just a little odd not odd to me but telling how he specified the word player yeah yeah it was it was very much what he didn't say to me that was that was clear yeah um basically yeah a a, a video uh yeah, I don't think he said when it was going to happen. Maybe before the game, I'm not sure. But a video honoring the player, Bobby Hall, um, was planned. Moment of silence. And there was kind of a moment of silence when he was finished. And then we moved on to the next question. Yeah. So, it was, so it was, no, no that was it. patch, no snow number on the ice, nothing like that. Yeah. That they've done for past players. For, yeah, for, for Esposito, for, for Makita, Makita yeah. it, was, it was... They even put seven season on the board for uh, Pitt Martin. Pitt Martin, yeah. Had, it, that was more of a... I think that was a snowmobile accident, if I remember. I that was know. a sudden, tragic thing. Yeah. Um, but yeah, so but he it, addressed that. And yeah, so it seems like it won't be anything more than... It's not going to uh, be a, a season-long remembrance game. or anything like they've done in yeah. the past. So that's, in my opinion, the proper way to do it. You can't ignore it. I mean, the no. guy—the guy, the guy was Absolutely the most not. important player in your franchise history until Taves and Kane showed up. So, um, mm-hmm. but you know, you, there's but the there's not an opportunity. There's there's no need to romanticize and extend right. it out. They're ready to move the on. entire season. Yeah, they're I ready think to be like, here's our moment of silence. Here's this fun video. Here's our honor. We're moving on. Yeah, we're done. So and that seems like to be the plan for for tomorrow night. Um, so yeah, they'll, they'll, they'll honor him that way, honor the player that way. And getting back to the ticket sales, one, uh, one point that stuck out to me as well, you know, there are points of this presentation meeting, press conference, whatever you want to call it, where I started tuning out when it started to get into the <laughs> business, biz- Jamie Faulkner is one of the smartest business people I have ever spoken to but when she starts diving into the metrics she's data driven she is definitely data driven Mm -hmm. and when the data starts coming out 
I start to wander. <laughs> but yeah. Danny did say uh, they're like, okay, they're having a great season ticket-wise this year. They're doing better than they expected. They're loving it. They also mentioned that they're getting a lot of first-time customers, first-time mm-hmm. new accounts being set up for tickets. And they'll have more information after the season on how many of those first-time ticket buyers came back, mm-hmm. which is great. And, you know, I think there's a lot of people are like, hey, for the first time in a long time, we could actually get to a game. We can get tickets. We don't have to buy them on the secondary market for three times the value. Yeah. It's becoming more of a thing. Um, but then, of course, they were asked about, hey, okay, yeah, you're writing this now, but what happens next season when there is no Patrick Kane or Jonathan Taze potentially? Yeah. You don't have these marketable players yet. You're still three, four years away from getting that next batch of guys you can really put a marketing campaign at. What if the ticket sales all of a sudden plummet? Mm-hmm. Is that going to make you make any decisions on bringing in some star power yeah. sooner than the plan calls for? And Danny Wirtz said no. Obviously, we want the rebuild to go sooner rather than you know take less time than we expected, but we're yeah. not going to let attendance numbers rush any decisions as far as when to make those big splashes in free agency mm-hmm. or when to try and accelerate the rebuild because he said other teams have tried that and it's not worked and it actually makes them worse off than they were before that so that's good to hear i yeah. like them saying we are sticking to the plan now it's easy to say that now mm-hmm. when the revenues when the tickets are better than expected if there is a major drop off I hope that it's still like, nope, we're sticking this plan. But I would think based on like, hey, case in point, Scott Wheeler, the athletic, ranked the Blackhawks' fifth prospect. That's a huge jump in a very short period of time. I don't think Kyle Davidson's getting enough credit for that. They no. were, what, 22nd last year? 25th. 25th. 20. They moved up 20, 20 spots, spots in one, not even a full calendar year. Mm-hmm. So I think – the attendance won't be that big of a worry for them if people know that they there's really good players coming. There's something at the end of the tunnel. Yeah, yeah. where they could see it physically and say, hey, these are the guys, and they're playing in Rockford, and they're doing good in Rockford, so next year they'll be here. Mm-hmm. Let's go now. Let's get in on the ground floor. There's something to be said about being on a team – as they make that climb instead of jumping in at the very last spot. You yeah. know, there's there's a badge of honor to be worn. Like, yeah, I was there when, you know, Lucas Reichel had his first NHL goal, and now here he is winning a Conn Smythe trophy. Mm-hmm. You know, they, there's something to attach to these guys from day one Yeah, because then it makes that payoff even better. Kyle Davidson said it on March 5th of last year. Hop on the ride now because at the end it will be worth it. And we have – Made that our unofficial mantra since we launched the day before. Yep. You know, hop on the ride. Like, get get involved with this Blackhawks team because it is going to, it is going. We're going to get there again, and I believe that you know going going into next season, if there is no Taze, if there is no Kane, um, Ben Pope was really concerned about jersey sales with Taze and Kane <laughs> yeah. being gone. Who's going to be on the jersey? <laughs> damn it! <laughs> um, but if there is no Taze, if there is no Kane, there is still going to be guys that are going to be here that you you come out to see you come out to see Lucas Reichel in his first full NHL season like we said before 
If Connor Bedard's here, there's your ticket sales. There's your. There's gonna be 98 jerseys all over the place. Yeah, absolutely. And and you know there there are going to be players that will come in and that will be worth seeing. And 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 something that Jamie Faulkner did say and and make mention of. And I have to kind of be reminded as I get older and as I get more ingrained in in, in this position, I feel. I don't want to lose that sense of like what the experience of going to a game is like as a fan. Cause when, when I went to uh, the, the, the ice hogs uh, admirals game, in Milwaukee um, last week, that was the first time I've gone to a AHL or NHL game as a fan since pre pandemic. And even before then it wasn't all that often. So what she said was, you know, there people come to games for more than just what's on the ice. They want to come for the experience. There are people that will come in that have been diehard Blackhawks fans for 30 years and know everything about the team up and down that will come to a game and be be entertained. There are people who will come to a game for the experience of coming to a game and, and, and having fun and seeing a hockey game, and they will know none of the players that are on the ice, not even Taser Kane. So I think that there's there's been a lot that goes into the, the game day experience that the Blackhawks uh, provide what what hockey provides live that other sports I don't it just for me it just doesn't match up right and and being able to tune into that I think makes it a little bit more like yeah you know there's there is a way to even if, if even if the team's bad even if there's no superstars there's still ways to get people to Absolutely. to invest in the team and to really you know have ways to reach out and 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 find those fans and they said you know what are ways that we can do, what are ways that we can get to those fans and we can, you know, instill that, that connection um, early on. And, and they mentioned too, that they, you know, studies will show that, uh, you know, new f- young fans will, will choose a team by the time they're in fifth grade. Like that, I was like, I thought back, I was like, oh yeah, that makes a lot of sense. Cause that's when I kind of started to yeah. tie myself to all my teams was around that age range. So I think that the, the team is very, uh, focused on how to bring in the new generation because they've they the Blackhawks lost a generation of fans least, between between yeah. the 80s and 90s and and the resurgence in the in the late 2000s they lost a generation of fans now they need to not only hold on to that generation that they regained uh, in the early 2000s in, in the late 2000s to have kids. right me uh, now they have to go out to that generation and say. Here's how we can. Here's how we want to be able to to make sure that you that you hold on to being a Blackhawks fan and pass that along to your kids and and pass it along to the next generation of fans, um, so that they're not losing it. Being honest with your fan base is a great way to do it, and I think that's why we haven't seen the major drop off in ticket sales this year is because they've been blatantly honest and transparent yeah. that hey, we're preparing for the future. So as long as you're honest all the way through. I don't think you're going to see that much of a, a, a hit. Mm-hmm. It won't be a sellout, but you, you won't get that. You won't, it won't go back to the early 2000s, late 90s, when there's 5,000 people there. No. Because that version of the Blackhawks wasn't being honest with the fans. Yeah. They were like, no, no, this is going to be a good team. And no, this, you're just shining up a turd and throwing it on the ice and telling right. me it's a playoff team. And I think a, I think a lot of people uh, last se- at this point last season had the had – the, idea of like well tell the team with your wallet don't buy tickets to go to the game it's because we were sold last year as that last year's team was going to be a contention and by february march guys were getting traded and everything was everything was out the door 
coming into this season, the writing was on the wall. This team was going to be bad. The season was going to be tough. And there have been moments where it hasn't – We've how many times have we said, wow, decent crowd tonight? Like almost every night we've been, we, yeah, we've been, we've been surprised at, 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 at the numbers that are there and that people are, are showing up and, and in the way that they have been. And I think uh, to your point, a lot of it goes to the, the team being, being more transparent, being more open with their fan base, being more honest about not only their on ice efforts and, and, and product, but also off the ice. Right. And, you know, this one year ago, was the town hall debacle uh, of, 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 you know, Rocky words going off on, on Phil Thompson and, and Mark Lazarus been bringing up the Kyle beach thing. And I, since that time to this point now, I really do feel like the, the front office and ownership group has, has made kind of the changes that necessary to be more open, be more upfront and be more accountable for what's going on on and off the ice. And I think a lot of that goes to Danny Wirtz taking more of a front-facing role than Rocky. Um, and and I, I think that that, is, that has made a, a, a big difference. I think between this time last year and now, it's, it's, not, nothing is completely mended. But I think a lot of things have started kind of coming back to the team between the fan base. There's obviously going to be people that, that hold that over the Blackhawks forever. Um, but I think things have started to mend a bit um, and go in the right direction. And, and we can, you know, touch on this too, before we're, we're out of time, the, the initiatives that right. the Blackhawks are, are involved in. Um, they are, they're getting deeper into those things, more invested, um, not only financially, but, but kind of more, more uh, boots on the ground efforts, I think from, the, from the organization to, to make sure that it's not just signing a check to an organization, it's you know putting in some effort, putting in some work to really make sure that those initiatives um, and those communities are being actually affected in a positive way uh, by what the Blackhawks are doing. Absolutely. Uh, before we touch up to talk about the TV ratings and maybe uh, our broadcast situation here, uh, pay pay our last bill of the show and uh, Mario, tell oh, yeah. our lovely people on uh, where they can get some great golf hey. apparel. If you're looking for the best golf apparel, look no further than Pins and Aces, the official golf apparel partner of CHGO and the presenting sponsor of the Big Drive Energy Golf Podcast on the All City Network. They provide some of the best in golf apparel, whether it's their amazing polos, their hats, their golf bags that can be customized to your liking, or the fan favorite beer sleeve, the product that allows you to store up to seven beer cans right inside your golf bag and keep them cold for the entire round. Beer cans, sparkling water cans, uh, soda cans, whatever it is. I think I've even seen a uh, Hawaiian punch in a can before. Whatever you want to store right there in that sleeve, it'll keep it nice we and love cold your cans. the entire round. Hey, I, you see it on our set here, uh, a beautiful uh, array of cans from uh, our friends at Goose Island. You can put those in the beer sleeve too. Uh, whatever it is with, uh, with, with pins and aces, uh, you can do it there. You're going to look good, look good, play good, play good, pay good, pay good, live good, right? Check out pinsandaces.com. Use the promo code CHGO when you do, and you're going to receive 15% off of your first order and get free shipping. Again, that's the promo code CHGO when you check out pinsandaces.com. 
All righty. One quick before we get uh, on to our last topic here. Uh, I noticed we got about 90 people viewing right now, but Hello. only 25 likes. Hey. That's not enough. How about we uh, do us a big favor, scroll down, hit that giant thumbs up button, give us a few likes here. That goes a long way in our success as well. If you're listening uh, via one of your podcast apps, listening to the audio-only version, please uh, leave us a uh, five-star review on Apple Podcasts or on Spotify as well. Let everybody know. Uh, you're enjoying what you're hearing. That will help us go a long way and reach a bigger, newer audience so we can keep producing these shows each and every day. So click away on that like button. Speaking of ratings and liking and clicking on things, we had a discussion about the NHL and Blackhawks ratings as we've gotten reports this week that it's down nationally and locally as well. But Jamie Faulkner gave us a very interesting tidbit that was conveniently left out of all these reports of, mm. oh my God, nobody's watching the NHL, doomsday, change everything, yeah. the NHL sucks at what it does. Apparently, according to Jamie Faulkner, the Nielsen company that is in charge of the television ratings have completely changed the metrics on how they calculate the ratings. And they're per this year is a new baseline. So she basically said you can't compare this year's numbers to last year's numbers yeah. because they're using different metrics. Matrices. Metrics. Metrics. Yeah. Matrices. Whatever you want to call them. <laughs> Matrices. Numbers. See, this is why I'm not a numbers guy. Matrices. Um, um, yeah. I, I think that I don't see that portion of the presentation – I was very confused because we we saw from uh, Chicago sometimes Jeff Agrist using Nielsen as a source saying the Blackhawks local viewership is down 36% from this time last year. But then when you talk with the team, talk with Jamie Faulkner, she says, well, you can't compare it because the metrics are different. But the metrics that they're changing for Nielsen is to catch up with the times and to right. catch up with, oh, the also cable and, and streaming yeah. and, you know, being able to catch up with everything. So, to me, if their numbers are saying that they're trying to catch up to, to how everyone is streaming, w wouldn't that then also still indicate that numbers are down? Because if they're saying the yeah. viewership, they're saying viewership is up or not as down as whatever – it just didn't line up. So it, it, I, it, to me, it, it's still a bit confusing because if Nielsen and Cable say it's down 36%, let's say, but across the board, streaming is up, then what is the difference in the 36? Yeah, I like, think... Like, are you making up that 36% in streaming? I think she kind of basically of said that, like, there's the, the official numbers are trying to figure out how to capture the streaming the espn pluses the hulu's yeah. the youtube tvs and and incorporate that into the overall ratings where she said if you're streaming the game on youtube tv on, on an app on your tv nielsen's not picking that up right and it's not going into that rating so i think as she said media as a whole is trying to catch up and really get good numbers on how people are watching the games and, you know, I'll leave that to Jamie Faulkner, who is a million times smarter than me when it comes to uh, grabbing that data. Yeah. I don't like if she's if she says it's one way, 
I'm going to give her the benefit of the doubt because she's much more well-versed in these types of things than I am. So, Well, our, our, our friend Design Love here has a comment says, not trying to be one of those people. I don't know what that means, but I have worked in the Nielsen world. She's partially right. They did make new, uh, new metrics problem. They did make new metrics problem in spread is spreading games and that's going to hurt their number. So yeah, it sounds like the spreading of the streaming services, they're trying to try and requantify right. that. And I think she was talking more about the local numbers, uh, as, as Mike says. Yeah. He's in Canada, so he has to watch on ESPN+. Plus. I think her main concern is what the local numbers look like as far as the Chicago. Chicago area. And, and that led us into like a, a discussion about the broadcast team as well. Mm-hmm. And, and, the, and, the, and, you know, she really didn't really give us any, you know, concrete like, hey, you know, we're going to do this half and half thing again next year. But she did says she's getting good feedback overall. She says she's getting good feedback on, on Chris Vosters. Mm-hmm. Um, no, nothing is really going to change. It doesn't sound like. No. Doesn't sound like anything is going to be new. Really going into next season. Yeah, I mean, I she she mentioned that like the older, long-standing fans really enjoy and identify with Troy Murray. And then the newer fans that came on, you know, in the cup runs really identify with Sharpie. So there's that nice dynamic there. They mentioned putting people in the position, the right positions to succeed. Danny had, had mentioned, you know, Kobe behind the bench is you know, in the between bench. the benches yeah. is is where he does his best work. And they yeah. want to do that more. And, and Jamie mentioned that, like, they haven't put Scott Darling in a position to succeed. They, they wanted him to kind of be one role, but he's been forced into another role, and it's not necessarily his fault. So they need to figure out plans to put everybody in their proper position. Right. Um, you know, I, I don't know if – I, I would think they would like to have a permanent TV guy. Basically, from what they said, Chris Vosters is the guy. He's coming back. He's, yeah, he's that in, wasn't in question. He's, he's the play-by-play guy. So as far as what his uh, color guy is going to look like next year, I would imagine they kind of want to get somebody for all 82 games. And and we also have to be honest with ourselves when it comes to Troy and his health. How many more seasons can we depend on him to do 82 games? Right, yeah. You know, I think we're we're very lucky and fortunate that he's doing it this year. Yeah. And, you know, he was at practice today. He's, I mean, I love every day when Troy Murray walks in. You know, it's great to see him. But at some point, he's not going to be able to do it. Yeah, and, and the bounce back between TV and radio is not easy. Right. It makes it difficult uh, on, on, on him and, and on the rest of the broadcast team. So, yeah, I, I, would be sh- I would be shocked if they didn't have a f- play-by-play and a color commentator in line for TV for 82 games next season. I, I just... It doesn't sound like – it sounded like they're kind of kind of leaving up what, what Troy wants to do to what Troy right. wants to do. If he wants to, if he wants to do TV again or stick solely to radio, I think that's going to be up to him. Um, I, I, I don't know if Patrick Sharp is the long-term, you know, color commentator uh, uh, option. Um, I don't know if they want to go in and change it again, though. But it's, it's 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 really interesting to kind of pinpoint what they're going to do with that, um, because because Sharp's really truly only doing it on a part time basis. He doesn't yeah. live in the area, no. you know. It's 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 it's. I get the sense co- that he kind of just threw him a bone, like, "Yeah, I'll do this." Well, maybe because it was such out. a short notice thing. I mean, that right, that, yeah, that, uh, that Olchek thing happened in late July. 
Right. So you're talking six weeks before preseason. So um, we'll see what happens. I think, you know, getting Chris Vosters, the same guy for 82 games, will will go a long way mm-hmm. in helping. I, I know, you know, people harp on him for, for you know, certain phrases or making mistakes. He's it's still his, it's he's still green. He's still learning the yeah. sport. He's still I I have to say that being a play-by-play for a live hockey game is probably the most difficult play-by-play in all of sports. It's not easy. It's not baseball where you have inter, you can talk in between every pitch. It's not football where there's 45 seconds in between each play. Mm-hmm. You know, basketball is not as fast-paced. Basketball is you know it's a lot more repetitiveness in basketball. A lot of the same things going on. Not, there's not as much randomness in basketball as in hockey where yeah. things could take a carom and all of a sudden all hell breaks loose. It's a very tough sport, and he's never done it before this. So, yes, I know there is room for improvement, but you got to give him just like, you know, young players, you got to give them the time. Yeah. And I think having the same guy next to him for 82 games will help. Because he changes his style a bit with Troy and Patrick. Like, there's more... The energy is different. It is. Mm -hmm. I think there's more reverence and respect when he's with Troy. He kind of defers to him a little more because Troy's got that experience. Where when it's Sharp and him and Colby, they can kind of they kind of bust each other's balls. They play off each other. Yeah, they're a little more. So, you know, and I think Eddie Edzo leaving. The person that hurt the most was Chris Foster's. Yeah. Because that would have been the perfect guy to learn the trade from. That's who yeah. suffered the most from that debacle. Definitely. Yeah. I, I, and I think just, yeah, just some, some consistency in the broadcast is what everyone's looking for because it's been, you know, we went through last year with the live auditions of play by play people. And then, you know, this season with the late, you know, change, you had to figure out what to do with the color uh, commentator position. So, I think just going into next year with some consistency with the with the, like they said the the right people in the right roles, it'll make the broadcast seem smooth again, uh, and yeah, I think that that'll that'll do wonders for the, for the whole group. Did yeah. want to uh, close up here. I know we're a little bit over time, um, but did want to close up. Uh, Mark Lazarus brought up the issues of um, the end that some NHL teams have seen with their their Pride Nights. Uh, the New York Rangers and Philadelphia Flyers have had their uh, issues with those nights. Uh, the Blackhawks have their Pride Night coming up on March 26th. Um, and like we mentioned earlier, the, about the initiatives that they're involved in and, and how they're involved in them, that has changed over time. And uh, Danny Wirtz really uh, made it a point, and, and Jimmy Faulkner as well, to explain that you know when the Blackhawks get involved in these things, it's not just you know they don't just hang a jersey in their stall and say okay this is what we're wearing tonight they they sit down with the players they sit down with with the hockey operations group and they you know give them the lowdown they give them they tell them like hey this is what these are the nights that we're doing these are the the honors that we have these are jerseys that we're wearing here's who designed them here's why it's important here's you know what what we're doing in those communities to uh to, to make an impact some some players will will come to them and say you know hey this x y z is important to me can we can we be involved in this or this is this is really important i want to be involved in you know i i resonate with this i want to be involved in this more what can i do um so i think that there's 
they've done a lot of that to kind of make sure that, you know, the, the team as a group is cohesive in their efforts to, um, you know, be, be involved and do the right things in these, in these initiatives. And uh, they said that they don't anticipate any issues with Pride Night because of that communication with the players, um, but that they also know that, you know, it's not everyone is this has the same views, but what they want to do is make sure that everything that they're doing and why it's important to them is communicated yeah. so that they can have, you know, the, the, the cohesiveness on things. Yeah. So I think that was, that was good to kind of hear from them in that, uh, in that frame, uh, given, given what's happened before. And I think too, um, the, the point Danny made about, you know, wanting to focus on the vast majority of people that are, are involved in, in, in things like this and that are really making those efforts to have the game be more, more inclusive, uh, more available to different, uh, you know, different people that it hasn't been before, I think is really important to, to focus on that and not the outliers. And, right. and he made that point, and I thought that that was a good thing to say. Yeah, yeah. To put your energy into the people who support the causes and not to the people who don't. And that, that's good. And, and getting the guys educated why these things are important will probably can get instead of making them feel forced into it Mm -hmm. is a great way to do it um so yeah a very eventful day lots of good stuff to come out of it we actually got to most of it i'm rather proud of it we are we are over on time but that's okay socks don't start to four anything else you want to talk about (laughs) no i'm good no we got to get out of here so those guys to the end of my list so Thank you for checking us out today. Tomorrow night, we are back to full strength for post-game Blackhawks and Ducks at the United Center at 7.30 tomorrow. Uh, Jay and I will be in studio, and Mario will be calling in. I'll be at the game. So we'll be back to our full strength. And uh, Don't don't forget, CHGO Takeover. The sold-out CHGO Takeover. February 10th, coming up on Friday. And in case you're wondering, those of you who do have tickets, if you have uh, questions about when am I going to get my ticket, my shirts, check your inboxes. You're going to get an email from us in the next day or two explaining all that stuff. So don't worry. You're each going to get an per- uh, individual email explaining everything that's going on Friday. Can't wait to hang out with all of it's you. It's going to be a good time. Yep. So until then, we will be back tomorrow night post game after Blackhawks and Ducks for Greg and Mario. Thank you guys all for watching the CHGO Blackhawks podcast.